0: Very honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, episode 53, in which Drew Wood and I interview Golden Stash. But first,
1: Transformation. Transformations 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 Transformations. Transformations.
0: For those of you just tuning in, this is the segment in which I read my father's book, verse by verse, and then talk about it. Transformations by John Dan Reeb. Chapter 1, verse 14. The fiery ones were here, as always, last night. So were flesh place visitors. The flesh place visitors complained of a chill in the room and the heat was on. They verified that for themselves. They asked to hear records of meditation chanting from Tibet, and glimmered with curiosity, entrenched in pretending that Tibet is someplace different from here and there, and entrenched, likewise, in forgetting that they had lived there about 700 of what they call years ago. The fiery ones are really gentle and patient. I know that they look in on us for their reasons. I know what those reasons are. You know what those reasons are. The others also know and want to pretend they don't know a bit more. Hide and seek is not fun in and of itself. They invest fun in hide and seek. Verse 15. The fun investments of flesh-place fear-junkie hide-and-seekers lead them, from need-to-escape monotony, into creating contrasts which they enjoy not enjoying. Their capacity for creating what they call tragedy, significance, and violence appears at times virtually inexhaustible, doesn't it? The thing is that the cycle of their experience is complete and it is limited, even as the exercise wheel of a hamster is complete and limited. Hamsters are simple in their needs, flesh-place fear junkies more complicated. Nevertheless, hamsters and flesh-place fear junkies both come from need. And now for the footnotes. Fiery ones. Well, I automatically think Ashim, Hebrew for fiery ones, which is the choir of angels of Malkuth, which may or may not be ghosts or ascended masters or a third order or something. I don't know, but I don't know what he's referring to. I get the feeling he's referring to the higher genius Or maybe not. Maybe just other kinds of beings coming in, checking in. I like this part about pretending that Tibet is someplace different from here and there. It reminds me of going to Japan and realizing it was a place just like LA. You don't have to be in Tibet a thousand years ago to enter into the kind of mystical realm that calls you. The fun investments of flesh-place fear junkie hide and seekers. So by being asleep and separated from their true selves, They create a state of monotony, which they need to break out of by going, for example, the wrong way on the tone scale. They're stuck at boredom, and they don't know how to get up into interest, so they go down into anger. When I was 16, and I read the bit about the thing about the cycle of their experience being limited, like the exercise wheel of a hamster. Well, I was 16, and I was feeling you know, superior, because my dad was this brilliant guy who had just died and had written these words. And so I was thinking that the Flesh Place Fear Junkies were someone other than myself, and their experience is complete and limited, which makes them like hamsters. But now as I read it, I see that my experience, from birth to now, to speaking these words, to the ever-passing present which inevitably leads toward my death, is a cycle which is already complete, and it is limited. And as my dad points out, it has that in common with the exercise wheel of a hamster. The only thing I would additionally point out is it also has that in common with the Big Bang. Generating all these galaxies, which eventually either dissipate into some big freeze, or maybe turns around and starts going the other way back into a big crunch. It's starting to seem more and more like that's not going to happen, though. But we shall see. If you've been in or around Boston in the last 12 years, you may already be familiar with tonight's guest. He is the artist behind Golden Stash. But first, let's bring in our co-host, Jonathan Drew Wood.
2: How's it going, everyone?
0: Good, good. Uh, Joe couldn't make it, and uh, my buddy Drew here is uh, available, and he also happens to be a master mason. It works out. Works out um, since Golden Stash, the character, is a master mason, but the artist behind Golden Stash is not. So, thought it'd be interesting to to bring in the perspective of someone who from from Golden Stash's world. Well, it looks like he's ready for us to bring him in. So, let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Fredder. or welcome to the esoteric Nerd Podcast. Holy, holy smokes.
3: Oh, technology is working. It's all happening. Oh, man.
0: falling into place. The singularity. <laughs> so I wanted to introduce, um, Joe wasn't able to make it, but uh, we have Drew Wood here. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Drew. How are you doing? Pleasure to meet you.
3: Very good to meet you.
0: Now, Dr- Drew is, is actually a Master Mason.
3: Oh, wow.
0: Art or is it is master Mason the right phrase or
2: yeah and a past master
0: a past master yeah. and a master. So we've got we've got a, a few different layers going on here and then so we've got the golden Dawn background so this should be pretty good. I'm thinking this it's an interesting dynamic.
3: So basically you guys are about to school me. No 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 <laughs> No no okay well first
0: let's let's just uh, let's talk about golden stash.
3: Oh all right well, I mean I think the first thing to do is to go over a bit of um semantics. Okay. Um, I I when I contacted you, I was like, oh, I do go, I do uh graffiti, and you know, there's um, much like you know various um currents of spirituality, there's very currents of uh graffiti, and um, Mm -hmm. I fall into the street art category. Okay. And um, while in the eyes of the law, it's all graffiti, it's all (laughs) vandalism. Right. Um, I it's it's a more new current. You could say Um, it's it takes a lot of influence from the traditional graffiti, uh, you know, scene. And that's the the modern graffiti scene. I don't want to go into it too much. And you can you know, you and your listeners can can look into this. But it comes primarily from, you know, the New York proto hip hop. And then it really, you know, evolved and became something in the in the the world of 80s hip hop. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's, there's just books and books upon books upon upon that. And, you know, I, I, I draw a lot of influence from, from that, but I, um, I would say I'm kind of a, you know, street artist in the modern sense where I don't, you know, I, I primarily don't use spray paint cans and markers to tag my name. I have kind of an icon I use instead of a name. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's um, graffiti kind of evolves around you know it it became um, it was just kids in New York basically that were um, writing their nickname along with what street number they they were from in um, oh, right. New York yeah. and you know that's there's like a whole there's we could you know go on and go on and go on about the history of graffiti mm-hmm. but I don't want to. Um, bog us down in that well by any could means? you could you
0: quickly you mentioned uh you fall into the category of street art could you quickly run down what other categories there are
3: all right so um i mean there's there's probably more than i even know because it's mm-hmm. you know it's a diverse world and yeah, everybody know, all does their own sort of, of thing too i can't keep up yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um so i mean i guess like Towards the late 80s, early 90s, a lot of graffiti artists started using other mediums besides spray paint and markers to, like, do their thing, whatever that may be, whatever their purpose is. Mm-hmm. And um, So I, kinda, I I primarily use stickers, wheat paste, um, and wheat paste is basically you make posters and you make a paste using wheat and other I, – I kind of, you know, I, I, I throw a lot of glue and a lot of stuff to really make sure it's permanent in there. Um, there's there's a rich
0: history that goes back to actually Nazi Germany and probably before Oh yeah,
3: no totally. It's it definitely it takes in that propaganda poster.
0: The anti-propaganda. And
3: <laughs> yeah, there there yeah. was
0: a guy who was uh, running from the Nazis because he was pu- he was putting up posters of Hitler, you know, eating gold and swallowing bones. And wow, that, I'll, I'll send you a few links there. I, yeah, I no, I, I wish I, I knew I, the guy's name off him.
3: I even the prior history to what I know.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, there was a guy at USC that was teaching a course and he came to my school and he was trying to recruit people uh, to go around and act as guerrilla artist uh, for, for him uh, with with a with a bucket of glue and a bunch of posters <laughs> and he was doing this this like thick paint he'd do caricatures of like reagan he has a few famous ones he's been on a few covers of things and then uh, so people would print up you know it'd say like playing apocalypse and it'd be a picture of uh, george w looking goofy and uh you know and so a bunch of kids would go put him up all over i wasn't 18 so i wasn't qualified to be one of <laughs> those uh, yeah robbie connell c-o-n-a-l so okay so you were saying about 12 years ago you had this idea you were flipping through a book and
3: well all right so it's it's a bit of a long story i mean okay. um i mean i've always been a creative person i've always been a you know i've always drawn and made stuff and you know i come from a somewhat of a creative family i would i would like to say as as normal as as we are sometimes and uh that sort of thing um mm-hmm. Uh, where was it? Okay, so, um, I just happened to have a job where I could make stuff, and it wasn't a good-paying job. And I don't want to go into it too much, because I don't want to give away too much. Of course. But, um, I, you know, I could print stickers, basically, at this job. hmm And, um, I mean, I kind of knew a little bit about graffiti and street art, and, the worlds and of that and that sort of thing. And, um, I mean, I was always, I always, and I play music too. I, you know, I've always, I've, I have a lot of different endeavors and hobbies and, uh, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I was being paid, you know, your average, like just barely making it wage and, you know, living in an expensive city, like, you know, like a lot of people. And, uh, I found I could, the one Advantage I had was I could print stuff for free. And that got me into thinking about, okay, what could I print? And, you know, I was... You know, I I have a kind of a graphic design, artistic background. And I go to a lot of, you know, bookstores and stuff like that looking for weird stuff that I can, you know, photocopy and reproduce and incorporate into my artwork, you know. And uh, I found a book on... 70s architecture, and Mm -hmm. it it was it wasn't so much on 70s architecture. It was it was it was a book for graphic design or architects specifically and drafters specifically that want to sub in humans into their architectural drawings. Oh, I so it had it had humans in very like different poses, a lot of beach poses, a lot of sports poses. (laughs) You know, oddly enough. Yeah, my um, mom
0: was an architect, so I I know what you mean.
3: The yeah, little yeah, drawings like, exactly. There'd be trees
0: like, clip, and dogs. Like tree clip
3: art, clip art, basically. Yeah. Um, and there, this book I I got for like two dollars at the Harvard bookstore, um, in Cambridge here. Um, I got it. You know, it was in the use section. I searched, found it, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Like the drawings are great. Um, it's just it's just wispy pencil line drawings, basically. Hmm. Um and there's this like the artist that did and I should find the book and tell you but I I'm I don't have it handy and I I it's it's beyond the point um there is this recurring character that has this mustache and he has a full head of hair which I envy uh <laughs> <laughs> uh and he's always like in half the drawings, he's like with a girl, or um, is he, he's like playing guitar, or he's just like, you know, he's like in the, he's all like these luxurious. Mr. Sort 70s of swinger
1: guy.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, totally. Yeah. And like, it was just, a, it was very a dated piece of clip art, basically. Yeah. Um, that I found, and I was like, oh, this is just amazing. And. So, <laughs> And uh, so I just kind of started re- like taking some of the line drawings and then like, you know, outlining them, making them like more uh, black and white and solid and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, I, like it's it that, like this is the weirdest thing. I don't know how I came up with gold. Like it just came to me. It, it was just a natural sort of like I found this thing and I had I wanted to make stuff You're like who
0: is this guy?
3: Who is this? Exactly. I was and what, exploring and what the sets character. him
0: apart from the clip art? Maybe right. a certain no. color. And, in and the everybody's
3: just normal looking in it. And he's like, you know, in half the photos, he has sunglasses on, or not photos, but in half of the drawings, right. he has sunglasses on and stuff like that. And it, it just caught my attention. Um,. And so I started, like, you know, redrawing it and incorporating it into artwork and reproducing it and put, making it into stickers and putting it around. And it was very obscure and very weird. And I... Uh,
0: Did he have I, a gold mustache yet?
3: And no, he had a gold... That was the thing from the the beginning. I It was a black and white image with a gold mustache. And nice. I don't know what made me do that. I really don't. Um, I thought it would be good, I think, to have a uh, spot color to make the image kind of pop out, you know, yeah. but, um, otherwise I don't, I really, I can't explain what, you know, I really can't. Um, and I think after a couple months, I've always been, you know, kind of influenced. I, I don't take much stock in, um, conspiracy theory. I don't believe in it much, but I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like the whole Masonic, you know, Illuminati. Yeah, I've always kind of liked that stuff, even though I, I know the actual historic. At this point, I know the historical, you know, uh, point, you know, bit about the Illuminati and and Weish. Weish. What is it? Weish. Weishap. Weishap. Weishap? Mm-hmm. The Germans. Basically, it's always the Germans. <laughs> Bavarians or something. The Bavarians. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hess Castle and whatnot um so conspiracy theories uh so he you made him a oh a mason. so i kind of like made him a mason and that's you know i'm from new england there's a you know i don't know a lot i don't know any masons really around here but i know you know it's very it's new in england the architecture
0: a, it's in the money yeah, it's, it's in the
3: architecture it's you know i know the whole um it's we we've been here a while. Um, yeah. As as much as California gets a huge reputation for having weirdos, we've been weirder longer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and Boston, you know. The Tea Party and all of that is very directly oh, associated yeah. with the Revolution. yeah, no, totally.
3: our founding fathers are, you know, all a bunch that. of
0: Masons. Yeah,
3: and there was a lot of they had a lot of backlash at different points in history right, because, because of that. Right, The
0: William Morgan scandal in eighteen. Yeah, oh
3: yeah, and that yeah. gave, you know, it's given a lot. That's why we still have to this day have all these dumb. You know conspiracy, conspiracy theories, theories yeah. about it, and it's like okay. Well, that, you guys...
0: that Pope. Which Pope was it that first had the Templars killed back in the day?
3: Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, that uh, Friday them. the Thirteenth.
0: Yeah, thirteen oh seven.
3: So I guess um, so. Yeah, I kind of came up with this thing, and I haven't I haven't written a full manifesto out on this character yet. You know, <laughs> I've kind of um, I've disclosed it in interviews, and I've kind of put it into the artwork. I kind of I did have. I was trying to find the original digital file to send you but it's been so long I can't find it uh right now is um I had an image of golden stash with the uh masonic uh compass and you know instead of just being the G it was a GS.
0: Oh I uh, I actually the... I found that. I'm yeah, okay, I'm, okay. I'm using it as uh part of the image that's going to be on this episode. Yeah.
3: There's and like I, a I G mean, on one I, side and know, an S on the other. I I was a total uh, poser at the time. I didn't know a lot about masonry, really, besides what they tell you in pop culture. Right. Um. I didn't realize it was the grand architect. You know, for instance, and that, that sort of thing. But uh, I've kind of since, you know, been picking it up. You know, I have um, some books now, and I'm reading about it, and it's it's. It's very enlightening basically yeah. more, <laughs> you know, does it add the depth point? to the golden
0: stash character? The more you learn about uh, masonry, there,
3: there is, there is certainly,
0: um, can you give us an example? I'm just curious. Like, uh, like, I mean, even if it's silly, something that popped into your mind when you were reading about masonry and said, Oh, maybe golden stash.
3: Well, I mean, I think the, the, all right. So being, being a little bit of a weirdo, I think I attract <laughs> weirdos. Uh And that's, that's a phenomenon that is not, you know, that's no new phenomenon. Um, but I have a lot of, uh, and not people I know by name or anything, but people that come up to me on the street and say stuff to me and they don't even know what I am or what I do or anything. Right. But, um, someone in Boston years ago came up to me and was like talking about 33rd degrees and, um, you know oh there's this whole lineage of Boston and you know Larry Bird his number was 33 and, <laughs> and like stuff like that and that that was that was actually prior to me starting Golden stash which i think that like influenced you know not i mean yeah definitely influenced i guess cuz it was yeah. it was just in one corner of my brain yeah um and i always had that like oh there's all these weird you know there's there's you can always make i mean that's just humanity you can always make a connection to anything but uh there's a lot of connections you can make and they're very inspiring yeah um and i've i've been working a little bit on some numerology and that sort of stuff on on a very amateur level Mm -hmm. um uh golden stash if you do if you do it you know and i i spell it phonetically right uh with it's it's not like a mustache. It's like a yeah. it's like a literal stash of gold.
0: Right, right, like a stash of gold, double meaning.
3: Yeah. And um that in simple English numerology where A is one and Z is twenty six, that equals one twenty four. And I was you know, just experimenting and like the first three things that came to my mind. Equaled 124. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and that is abundance of gold. Hmm. The golden one. And infinite gold. Wow. And since then I've had just I haven't had any luck. But those were like the first
0: So there's like it's almost like there thing. might I, be more I, to I, this.
3: Was like, What the hell is going on here?
0: Like maybe there's actually this uh this spirit that's hanging around Boston that's wanting to come through, you know, that has some kind of depth behind it. That's – I don't know. It's interesting. What I tra- mean I,
3: I, think, I think the human mind is a powerful thing and if you really work on creating something, it kind of creates itself. You yeah. Know, you want, you start it and you let go and it does its own thing.
0: Well, you know, that, that, that inspires me to want to tell you a story. Uh, back in uh, 98 um, – I was half asleep, half awake. You know, I was I was going back and forth. I think I was waking up in the morning. And uh, and I had this intense vision, dream, and it just basically everything was symmetrical and it was beautiful and it said pure heart. And then I woke up and I was like, whoa. And, but the, it also said Taurus Gemini cusp. And I was like, that's weird. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so then I went back to sleep and I had this even more beautiful vision, but it was uh, pure heart of gold. Wow. And uh, and, and it was golden. I got to
3: write this down. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, it'll be in the episode. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and it, But then it said Taurus Gemini cusp. And I was like, what's with the Taurus Gemini cusp? That's weird. And so then I went back to sleep again. And a third one, this sounds a little like Joseph Smith coming up with the Book of Mormon. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fourth time, it was uh, golden heart of God. And it was like a a very sort of Jesus-y, you know, imagery of a golden heart. And, you know, it was like Trent. It was, uh, well, anyway, And also Taurus Gemini cusp. And then, okay. So I went back to sleep. I woke up divine light of God, Taurus Gemini cusp. And so I was like, okay, that was really interesting. It was pretty intense. And so I got this star map up and I opened it up. And I think what it was talking about is that that's right where Sirius and Orion are.
3: Uh-huh. Oh, no, no. No crap. Yeah. I just I just that was uh that I just uh censored myself. I was about to say something worse. <laughs> well, uh yeah, on on iTunes I can mark uh, Explicit can, not, explicit yeah, or I not I just know so, so far that the we're the other not. Day, actually, I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. That episode where you guys were drinking a little bit, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's an explicit <laughs> one."
0: Yeah, there were a lot of F bombs in that last episode. <laughs> I was like, "Just Scientology planet the
3: you know you're in the the moment you can't censor yourself all the time (laughs) yeah
0: it's how i was raised my dad had a foul mouth and so then i was always in trouble for it you know so more recently you said you've been starting to study a little bit of golden dawn stuff
3: i mean a little you know i i uh, i got into hermeticism in general i guess Mm -hmm. like maybe three years ago and you know you find about christian Rosenkrutz, and i'm like holy crap is this golden stash <laughs>
0: exactly right
3: yeah um and i think my my biggest work which i'm i need to really work on and develop is i need to come up with a manifesto and post that around
2: yes we have the golden stash do hereby proclaim ourselves as <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly exactly
0: well they did say he had a dutch complexion in the uh fama fraternitatis so, oh, yeah? the fondness of Golden Stash.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I came up with the name, I mean, this was like probably, you know, within the first couple. I think I first, alright, so for chrono, chronological purposes, I think I first started posting Golden Stash in about 2004. Uh-huh. But it was the, it was very, I didn't have a theology around it yet at all. It was just like, um, I just got this thing, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and then um you know you know in about a year I had I had a buddy and and he he's a weirdo just like me uh-huh. and he started like being like you got to like really take this to the next level and come up with something about it and um I think he even came up with the name Chadwick because he thought it was a very like blue blood sounding name Yeah and I came up with Gildenstashing Nice. <laughs> I just thought it so- sounded, I mean, it, first it's like Germ- Germanic sounding, and then Gilden, Gold, Stashin Mustache, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just, that was, that was, that was, is his real name, basically. Right. And, and Golden Stash is kind of the uh, magical name, almost. I
0: see.
2: That's a, what they call him around yeah. the street. Yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: So, what does his middle initial stand for, or oh, is it? Anything?
3: Oh, very good question. And this is something that I don't disclose often, because it 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 doesn't. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's more for humor than anything. Uh-huh. And that is and that is wealthy. Oh,
0: uh-huh. so he had an ancestor who stashed some
3: gold. Yeah, I mean, the thing, and this is something I need to develop in the, in the actual manifesto is that. You know his family are kind of gold barons they've uh they've cornered the gold industry and in that sense they kind of rule the world
0: oh i see this might be my friend martin up in quebec
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you know when you do his manifesto one of the things that is a great conspiracy theory piece that you can add in there is the Rennes le chateau have you heard about that
3: Rennes le Chateau. Uh,
2: Chateau Rennes. Maybe I'm not saying it correctly. It's this. It's this uh, chapel in France that
1: is. Le Chateau.
2: Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And and it's got all kinds of stuff surrounding it because there's just so many quirky things about it. But you know, this conspiracy theory is that the guy who was the priest there who built it just suddenly came across all this money, and they're thinking that it was hidden in like you know one of the you know, podiums or something. It's interesting. But huh. that, you know, sudden wealth kind of theme.
0: Ah. Yeah, there was one point my uh, when I was a budding magician, my mom wanted, you know, more money, of course. And uh, so she was saying, could you do some magic? And so I said, sure. And back then I would mostly improvise and I had all these different things I, and I was mixing stuff together and invoking things and I put it in a little pouch and I said put this in your purse and it'll you'll make a lot more money and so she put it in her purse and then she got two job offers and she already had a job <laughs> wow. and so she started working three jobs and so she was exhausted but she was making all this money <laughs> so she came back in and Stop she gave it. it back to me yeah she gave it back to me and said could you fix it so I don't have to you know yeah, work right? so hard so I did some little fiddling with it and I gave it back to her and I said okay and then like Unrelated or related, I don't know. But a couple of days later, we were out at uh, our my grandparents' house, and there was this safe. And and you know, my uh, my mom was saying, "Oh, we're, I guess we're going to have to hire a safe cracker." And I was like, "No, we're not going to have to." Because from the time I was three years old, my grandfather Edward, who was Dutch, also um, he would have me open the safe. He'd say, "I forgot how to open the safe. Could you open it for me?" And then so for. For all those years, from the time I was three until I was ten, he was training me to open the safe for that moment when I would wow. use the safe for my mom. And sure enough, there was a bunch of gold in it. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up well, my mom ended up giving a bunch of it to the temple and uh, you know, help pay the rent for a few months and Yeah, kept- yeah.
3: But uh I um I think you were trying to get at like my my personal esoteric practices
0: oh yeah i mean uh i i I assume that this has prompted a little bit of like
3: yeah no it's it's prompted a lot of inner uh you know contemplation and i'm i'm you know neurotic in the most positive sense you know i i think too much
0: yeah Um, It's, it's almost like um when you do I always tell people when they ask me about black magic is that it 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 affects the person doing it more than anyone. So I mean, by bringing in that kind of dark energy to do the spell, you're right. screwing yourself. You're up.
3: really screw Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So Three so if you're over, if
0: you're bringing in say. something mysterious and it's like, who is this golden stash? Well, they say he's a mason. He's got a <laughs> golden mustache, and like it's it doesn't affect anyone more than the artist himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Like I'm. Nobody wonders more than the person putting it up there.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I will I will say however though um there is um and I don't I don't go out like I used to on crazy nights where I would, you know, and this is this is a parallel to to magic sometimes is I would get up at odd hours of the night mm-hmm. to go out when no one's around and perform my craft. Um, and uh, I don't do that as much. I do a lot of daylight (laughs) working, you could say. (laughs) Just go
0: ahead and do it. No one's looking. I just go,
3: yeah. You know. Well, also, you know, the thing in the daylight is that nobody really notices as much because they're worried about their dumb day life. Right. They're worried about the the the. uh, Oh my god! I forgot my notebook. Uh, they're worried about the flesh paste. Flesh flesh paste cheer junkies. Oh my god. yeah yeah and that's oh my god thank you for like uh, you're doing a great service to your father and more importantly to your father's thinking oh thank you and uh yeah i loved i love the flesh the flesh place fear junkies i might not be able to say it but i love (laughs) it it. takes (laughs) practice yeah yeah
0: yeah, I was, yeah. I, I, it took me a while. The other day I was trying to get myself to say it catalyzes certain decarboxylation reactions. <laughs> and it
1: took, it took a few tries.
0: What? <laughs> I was talking say about try- tryptophan decarboxylase is an enzyme that catalyzes certain decarboxylation reactions. <laughs> it creates tryptamine. And then uh, another enzyme comes along and methylates it twice. And that's how we produce dimethyltryptamine in the brain. Wow. Check out on uh, Guidian's astral podcast. It's a sister podcast to this one. What am I? Yeah, no, I've been, I've been getting caught up. Guidian's uh, another personality.
3: So yeah, no, you, uh, you do a lot of stuff. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Uh, are we, are any of us want, sure yeah, why? We just do. Thing. Yeah. There
0: was a, there was a while where, you know, it's kind of funny actually. I, uh, you know, I'm interviewing you so I can talk about myself. No,
3: I... Uh, <laughs> no, are we all?
0: <laughs> I, I got to a certain level in the order that I was in called Portal, which is like the spirit grade and you're like... I'm
3: vaguely familiar with, with the, wor- the the grade structures.
0: You're like up against the veil. They They won't let you see inside too much. They'll only let you see what they want you to see. And so it's this sort of nice time where you can... You have the most training that you will ever have had while still being relatively innocent. Ah. And so it was a nice time. I wrote all my best poetry. It was 1999. And, uh, oh, good good year. Yeah. It's really
2: like it's 1999. <laughs> in-
3: innocent year.
0: Yeah. But my art sucked. I mean, at a certain point, like I wrote all my best poetry, but it was all very symmetrical and everything I was painting was was like the sun in different ways. And so it took finally getting across the veil and getting totally fucked up (laughs) by what was (laughs) going on on the other side to make me into an artist again. And so Gwydion came about, about a year into uh, five equals six. Ah. And uh, suddenly I started writing this like intense revolutionary poetry. Then I kind of got sidetracked and then it went a different direction, but other people (laughs)
3: ran with it. So it was good. Wow yeah no, i know uh, i i understand that um i mean obviously in certain certain workings you need uh you need a authority figure, but in most part you really fucking don't
0: yeah, and it's nice when it can just be a role and not an actual... yeah role. i mean it's maintains outside the temple
3: where yeah, it's like exactly. I
0: want pizza, God damn it, we're having pizza tonight, you know like no, no, you get to be Hierophant, but that's it <laughs> you know like. <laughs> The rest is going to be. But that's be...
3: that's what makes it so sacred. Yeah, the fact that you're comfortable with that, you know, in yeah. that setting.
0: Yeah, it's it's dated, uh, surely. You know, it's oh a, yeah a script. But you're saying, "I command you to go do this." I mean, who in this day and age would tolerate someone saying, "I command you to anything"?
3: <laughs> you know. I don't know. I I I'm a. I grew up. I, uh, my mother was a good Catholic lady and I grew up in a Catholic church, you know, early on. So I kind of, I kind of understand They did that. the commanding. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I was often very bored and uh, no offense to any, any Christians or Catholics listening, but, uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure no one would. No, it's pretty boring. You You're right. <laughs> yeah. That, it, is that is the worst thing. Could they just like, instead of like, Hallelujah. Couldn't they just do Inagata De vida Jeez.
0: But it's interesting because then, if you have someone who's never been to one ever, and you put them in there and they're seeing all this stuff the incense, the weird outfits, standing and sitting, sitting and standing, a big yeah. crucified guy they're like, what the fuck
1: is this? You know?
0: Totally immersion. Meanwhile, there's yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, there's an eight year old going, oh, boring. <laughs> I'm so tired of sitting here staring at the dead
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> I'd rather be playing video games. You know, I think if they just drank the wine at the beginning, everything <laughs> yeah. would be a
3: experience. Yeah, yeah, and with that like double double dosage, I think, exactly. you know. Oh. And then there's just like a lot of like, you know, this is like slightly off, but like there's so many um fundamentalist idiots that like, oh, the Jews killed Jesus and they're like, no, punk pontius pilate killed
0: jesus he was a roman good you know oh yeah the Roman. the romans love to blame it on uh yeah judas and you know yeah that's whole that whole constantinian anti-semitism thing
3: oh man it's bad
0: luke was uh was a roman and he was the one who brought in the uh the pagan nativity scene and uh I'm not mistaken, he he had more of a spin about, you know, pr- emphasis on Pontius Pilate washing his hands and stuff like that. I don't know. It's been a while since I really did it. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean it's it's a it's another wormhold you know of theology to look into.
0: Yeah. So uh, back to Golden Stash though. So is he living in the seventies?
3: I mean I guess he's kind of eternal in yeah. that sense. Um, it's not the seventies now. I'm creating it now. Um, I think uh, I have a love of the uh, aesthetics of that age, mm-hmm. and um, I, cr- I, you know, I try to bring that into my work. But um, but he's yeah, wearing I, the I, mustache I, like it's well, normal. Well, you know, you know, I think honestly, I think he's a, I think he's a master alchemist, and mm-hmm. I think he has discovered, discovered, you know, the philosopher's stone and the elixir of life. So he's eternal. Hmm.
2: Hence the stash of gold. Hence the stash
3: of gold. Yeah, no, he can turn anything into gold if he really wants to. If he doesn't care about inflation so much.
2: One thing I was kind of curious about is that um, it doesn't have to be, but a lot of times art is a reflection or kind of a a cross balance for what's going on with us when we create something. What would you say this would be? kind Of be a reflection of where you were at, or did it just kind of come into oh. on its own? I mean, what, what's I know your, exactly your take on how to that? answer
3: this? Okay, oh, cool. Um, I think I was like 20, early 20s, and you know, maybe 20, 21 when I started coming up, maybe actually, no, maybe 22 even when mm-hmm. I started, but I was realizing how mortal this. this Existences yeah. at least and uh i needed to create something that was bigger than me personally mm. that would you know create a legacy create a, a anchor to tie me down you know i just yeah i um and i just i like it is i i i it's it's um it's i don't know at like sometimes. maybe
0: he 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 had all the stuff that you were struggling right to have and right it, which includes maybe the girl the money the immortality
3: yeah no I, um I the, mean, the mustache that he can get I away with somehow I'm like um i'm like <laughs> you know thankfully i'm i'm not i'm not a rich man by any means um But But probably I I
0: imagine when you were in your early 20s, I mean, everybody's maybe this was like a talisman that maybe helped to focus what it was that you wanted and then resulted in you having more of those things now.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, well, but that's that's why you get into rock and roll. That's why you get into art. I mean, you want the girl, you want money. And, you know, even if you don't admit to it, you you, you know, and I don't I'm not rich. But he also uh,
0: has the esoteric knowledge.
3: And I've always wanted to know more. Yeah. I don't know about what, but I've always wanted to know more.
0: That's you got a good, healthy brain. That <laughs> sounds like I, you know, I,
3: I, got, I, I hope I, so. I, knock on wood here. You brains, know, I'm always brains
0: want more. You know, I've
3: I've, I've tested I've tested it once or twice, and I'm you know I'm a little afraid to test it tested too many more times. But you know, <laughs> I I have nothing to complain about. I've had a good life, and I will con- I, you know knock on wood will have a. A halfway decent life because i appreciate the the beauty and the sadness and the you know i appreciate the moments when i'm like you know not happy and i'm stressed out and i'm pissed off and you know which that that's a you know that's a, yeah it's like you know 30 40 percent of your time sometimes yeah um and uh but otherwise I'm a positive, I'm a very people, you know, anybody that knows me knows I have a smile on my face and maybe it's just because I smoke too much weed. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I it does, I, help. Uh, it does I think help. It, it does help. So it's a little, a tiny bit of self-medication helps.
0: Yeah. I think it's, um, it goes along with this crazy civilization that we have, you know, we,
3: we are. So, and that's, that's, that's my thesis. Like yeah. I, as crazy as we are, and you know stuff, we're we're nothing as crazy as society. Yeah, like society is nuts. The things we justify for progress.
0: Yeah, I spent some time in a lot of ways trying to walk the walk and talk the talk of what the what society quote unquote seemed to want me to do, and uh, you know I went I I went nuts, you know, and and uh, I, I had to break out. And... Yeah.
3: No. Um. I'm dealing with that currently a little bit. Um, You know, I uh, don't always eat the best and take care of myself the best. And I, you know, the older you get, the more you feel it. And, um, you know, you know, working all the time and, you know, paying your bills and, you know, all the stress that life gives to anyone. Not just, I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm so special. No,
0: we're all in this together. We're
3: all in this. Like
0: Bernie Sanders says. Bullshit. Yeah.
3: And, um, it, it that's why, you know, obviously like a practice like yoga is so beneficial. And I don't,
0: yeah I don't helps.
3: have a, I don't have a strict sort of thing and I haven't practiced and I don't know a lot about that stuff, but I do, I do fine when I do stuff. Cause I have some digestion problems. I feel that much better both physically and emotionally. And it's, yeah. it's all connected. I had to work myself like I, my twenties, I just, you know, partied and had a good time you know I, I was working and not you know i'm not saying i was a slacker by any means right. but i didn't take care of myself as yeah. good because you, you you're in your 20s your That's body's normal. at its best and you know yeah you, you can just do whatever and party and all the time and you know wake up and do it go all over to work again. and yeah do it all over again and i i feel the uh results of that now and um yeah. Where was I going? I don't even know where I was going with that idea exactly. But um, so I I have a bit of a digestion problem, mm-hmm. and it was diagnosed when I was like twenty twenty one. And uh, what was happening at the time was I was having intense amounts of heartburn and indigestion. Oh, that's nonstop. And I was, you know, my parents, you know, they're they're pretty common sense people, and they're like, "You're you're in your twenties. There's nothing wrong with you." And and stuff like that you know for the like when it started happening yeah. uh, on a regular basis and I would I would wake up you know eventually got so bad I, I would wake up and I would have heartburn and I would go to sleep and I would still have heartburn and it wouldn't stop and eventually I started having panic fits which wow. I the only thing I can kind of relate it to is it's almost like a um when you really have them bad it's like a near-death experience even though you're not dying Uh, you feel like you're dying. You, you kind of hallucinate a little bit, uh, not in like you're seeing shapes and, you know, geometric designs, but you, uh, you feel you're in hell and you, you're dead, you're gone. Um, and that was something that really woke me up to the, the, you know, fragility of my, my mental state basically. And, and all of our mental states for that matter. Mm. Um, the fact that just feeling bad could make you feel so much worse, um, and uh, I was diagnosed. Eventually, I got I, I saw a doctor. I got an endoscopy. I was diagnosed with a hiatal hernia, which is not like a you know what n- people normally think of like a slip disc hi- hi- hernia. No, um, it's basically my uh, my stomach lining is protruding a little bit through my uh, esophageal sphincter yeah Mm -hmm. so so the little butthole that closes up and and down and in
2: right (laughs) keeps the gas from coming back up yeah
3: yeah it doesn't do that so good Mm -hmm. and so um i mean even now i i have problems with it i you know i've i've made dietary changes and i try not to eat late and and it, it it certainly helps um I drink a little bit too much and that I need to work on, you know, uh, not too much, but just drinking in general hurts, right. you know, um, at all, at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, but, uh, the pro and this is, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love my Western medicine and it's helped me a lot, but, um, I was over prescribed for a long time, which is a problem that a lot of people have in this country is we're over prescribed on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, whether it's painkillers or whatnot, I wasn't. You know, luckily I wasn't in that that camp. But um, I was prescribed to a a uh, well, not. Eventually became over the counter, and it's now over the counter.
2: Metoprolol, you mean, uh, Prilosec? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. A pro, yeah. Uh, it's a it's called, it's considered a proton pump inhibitor, which mm. it makes your stomach not pump out the acids that it does. Right. And it's great for immediate, you know, or for you know, if you're hurting for a couple of days, you take that, and it, your stomach doesn't pump acid and you feel you feel better but what started to happen was things weren't digesting normally in my stomach and i started feeling like just immense amounts of pain from uh you know gastrointestinal stuff and it was tough getting off of it because i would get off it and i would have heartburn and you know it's a balancing act it's life is just like life life is a balancing act and um I'm now in a a much better place. I I um my my flora and fauna in my intestines feels a lot better these days. That's not good. perfect, not perfect, but a lot better. Yeah. No, I, and
2: I've had I I know what you're talking about. I mean, aside from the hernia, the uh I was diagnosed with GERD about 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, they they that's what they diagnosed me with. They were like it's GERD yeah. caused by this.
2: It's it's horrible, man. I, I feel you. I really do. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. It's it's miserable because there's there's no good cure. I mean, they they said oh we could do surgery, but there's no guarantee it's going to actually work, and it'll get and if it does work, it'll give out in a year or two, and it's very invasive, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's like you just gotta you really gotta work on. It's kind of like um, celiac's. You gotta kind of you know work on changing your life, and not. Uh, yeah, I haven't the best. I've done a bit. And it's better than nothing, and uh, I gotta keep going. But that's enough about that boring stuff. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, they say that if you can live till 2040, then uh, you can probably live another 200 years.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: As long as you, you know, are jacked into whatever the equivalent of the first world is by then. I mean, it's 2016 now, 2040. Yeah, I I don't think realistically that in 24 years uh, we're gonna not have. Such a disparity between rich and poor. Yeah, no, It's, <laughs> it's not times... realistic. Unless AI takes over and just redoes everybody's bank account, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know.
3: Well, I, I mean, I do, I do think that our, um, we're kind of disguising stuff on the econ, and I'm not an economist. Uh an, econ- <laughs> an economist. <laughs> I'm not ec- I'm not an economist. I don't know I don't know like I, I feel like dumb really talking about this stuff, but um from a gut level, it feels like um so like the Republicans kind of like blame, you know, the lagging economy on immigrants. The Democrats tend to blame it more on, um, you know, jobs going overseas. I mean, they all blame stuff on the same, you know, there's gray areas. Right. But, uh, you know, I see it. It's like technology is really the new thing that's taking over jobs, and you really can't stop that. Right. Um. You know, Uh. in another 10 years, we're not going to have, you know, I mean, I think in another 10, 15 years, we're not going to have, Deliveries done by people uh, with all these Google, the Google car and stuff, and or at least the on a freight level, you know. Um, well, that, that countries that are becoming industrialized now
0: are very short. Yeah, closed.
3: no, they're behind. They're behind, and we we bitch at them because they're oh, they're polluting.
0: Right, but they're going to be metropolises in a minute, like you know, in a, in yeah, a yeah. Of
3: decades. Yeah. So it's I mean we live in a world of hip, hypocrisy and and all that good stuff. And uh, I don't know what, what to make of it exactly, but, uh, you know, I have I have positivity. I have hope because yeah. otherwise I would just – I'd be done by now. I'd be gone. Um, but I, I have hope that the human race can kind of figure something out at least, you know, at least, you know, another Band-Aid for another hundred years or, you know, and then we'll come up with another Band-Aid. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll transcend at some point, but, you know, I just, I, you know.
0: Maybe once the human race, uh, you know, transcends and goes to the next level, then we'll look back fondly on.
2: Uh,
3: yeah. Our, oh, yeah.
0: The times that we were struggling and falling over ourselves and getting it wrong. Be like, oh, racism.
3: Wasn't that <laughs> silly? Remember
0: racism?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: or wars. Huh. Maybe, you know, hopefully. Yeah,
3: maybe. I hope in my dreams. I'm, yeah. I'm not a lucid dreamer. I've, I've heard you talk about lucid dreaming, uh, <laughs> I, but I do I, have some pretty, When I When I stop smoking pot, I have,
0: I have wild dreams, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have some
3: pretty wild dreams. Have you had I, any lately? I, um, I mean, uh, yes. Nothing crazy profound. What was the most profound that you had? I mean, I mean all right. I'm going to just tell you the most profound dream I've ever had, cool. and this is something that – Definitely has shaped me as a person. It happened when I was probably about sixteen, seventeen, probably about seventeen. I would say, you mm-hmm. know, when when you're kind of maturing and kind of having a bigger worldview and, and that sort of thing, and stop being such a uh, sociopath kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was uh, at so Berklee School of Music. That's a it's a college in Boston. Okay. It's a music school. Pretty pretty famous, big music school, college thing. Um, I did their summer program when I was like a 17 year old and you go, you stay there for like four or five weeks and you you live in the dorms in Boston. And I was, you know, a suburban, you're, you know, yokel at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I came to Boston a lot because I was like really into punk rock and there was a lot of punk rock shows growing up in Boston, obviously. Um, but, uh, Living in Boston was a new experience, and it was great. It was a fun time. Uh, I took a lot from that, but um, one night while I was there, I had a dream, and I will preface this dream by saying I had no idea who H.P. Lovecraft was at the time. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Um, And I had this dream where I was – I knew – I was walking around in a small New England college town in the dream. That was, that was the first thing that was, I just knew. And I, I'm walking around and I go, I'm like walking towards the dormitory where I'm staying in the dream and I get to it and it's in the bottom of a valley that is flooded. And I'm like, just shocked. I'm like, why is, why is my dorm flooded? And, and I, you know, I'm still like getting a lot of um, uh, meaning from from this image, but the uh, the chimney was just sticking out of the water, and still puffing smoke out of it. And so like, there's still a fire in the in the hearth down below in the water, but there's still a fire, you know, smoke coming up coming up mm-hmm. out of the water above. And I, you know, in the dream, I'm it's just true. like, okay, whatever, you know, weird thing. Let's keep going. And I keep going on my walk. And um, I get to it's like kind of like a center of town in a very New England sense, a very uh, small te- you know, small city, New England sense of circle with a you know a kind of an old you know colonial look to it and stuff like that. And uh, I get to a giant statue of a just a horrific looking beast. With tentacles coming out of its mouth, and I mean, you know, cut to cut it short, it was Kaluthu or however you pronounce it right. in the long, in, in, the, in the you know long run. I didn't know it at the time, but it was it was Kaluthu. It was Cthulhu. And um, K- Kaluthu? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've Cthulhu. always heard
0: Cthulhu. Yeah.
3: I, I think it's Hulu, and they, they <laughs> now give us television shows. Yeah. Oh right, right. Um, uh, but uh, so um, I see this thing, and I'm like, oh my god, what the? You know, in the dream, I'm like, it just like it, it. It's one of those things that just sticks to your consciousness, and like you, you'll never forget it. And all of a sudden, a a family, I think it was like, you know, father, mother, daughter, son, uh, come up to me, and they the daughter passes me a balloon. I think I think that's Malkut, maybe? Passing mm. me the, you know, passing me the balloon. And they pass the, me the balloon, and the balloon rubs up against the statue as they're passing it to me. And they say, this is more than you and I can understand or comprehend. This is beyond human comprehension, basically. Which is a big part of, I think, Lovecraft's writing, basically. It's, it's beyond us. Um, and it started at that point it like it almost felt like like a crazy acid trip in the dream like too, there was too many thoughts coming in and uh, and and i was being overcome by stuff and um basically the next thing i remember is the name hp lovecraft and i started saying it in my dream like like a mantra like hp lovecraft hp lovecraft hp lovecraft and i woke up and i hit I woke up and I, I was in a bunk and I hit my head on, on the on the ceiling and I was like HB Lovecraft HB Lovecraft, HP Lovecraft. <laughs> and uh maybe somebody was just reading his book sh- down, this, down you know, another hallway or something, and maybe it just transferred into my 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 mind at that time, huh. but um it spooked me. Yeah. And I, I immediately found out who HB Lovecraft was and I was like, This is fucked. <laughs> oh you know, like this stuff my dream is in his writing he writes about dreams like what
0: That's wow. pretty cool.
3: Yeah, and that's 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 the biggest that's like one of the weirdest things that's always stayed with me. And um I always think about and I I you know I tell people and they're like, "Oh, get out."
0: That reminds me of an experience I had with uh Season Cole in a previous episode, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but I'll tell the quick version where...
3: I, it, I actually just replay... Because I've been... Oh, yeah, yeah. Up on my, on my uh, you know, on my esoteric Nerd. I just listened to that <laughs> the other day, actually.
0: Where I... Uh, I She gave me a book and a dream, and it turned yeah. out it was Jodorowsky talking about <laughs> dreams and <laughs> your own personal shamanic experience. <laughs> like,
3: what? By the way, I, I was thinking, like, somebody... I mean, probably end up corny but if somebody ever makes a biopic about the original golden dawn it should be jordorowski
0: oh yeah totally
3: <laughs> i can't and think i, just, of very I many that's, that's that's, that's that one of the things that drawn well. that drew me to esotericism the uh all the weirdo you know um algernon blackwood you know yeah that, <laughs> That really was like okay, there's something here. The cat people.
0: I I think a lot of people haven't read Algernon. He was he got up to Practicus if I understand correctly in uh, the original Golden Dawn, and so he was writing at a time like before Crowley had published anything, like when uh, right. And so he was, he was like vaguely alluding to like, you know, sometimes in apartments, there'll be a man who might be a big man with a beard, who's a language specialist, and he'll be burning incense and walking around in funny ways and intoning foreign (laughs)
1: languages.
0: Isn't that
3: weird?
0: You know, now it's like, yeah, yeah, we know. (laughs) (laughs) We know. But
3: it's that, it's that might, it might be that that makes you feel weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting though. I mean, it's I guess it's the equivalent of like a steampunk type concept or like, you know, the future from the point of view of the 50s or the f- future from the point of view of the 80s looking at back to the future too. Like going into all these like subtle layers of uh of consciousness. Like what is it like to be a Victorian British person? Yeah. <laughs> Does this magic, you know, that's interesting.
2: And speaking of your your dream, at what at what point did you finally go? Oh, that's what that was about. Where it, you know, it kind of there's a singularity between your life and your dream, where you're like, okay. Or did that ever happen for you?
3: All right, let me see if I understand what you're saying. Like, um, <laughs> like, uh, when did I realize that was like very important in my life? Or you're well, saying you, like, you where s- did I like realize? Like, did I like? I mean, because like honestly, I, at the time I didn't realize who H.P. Lovecraft was at all, and I had to find that out afterwards,
1: mm-hmm. right?
3: Mm-hmm. And I did I did very quickly because it was such a powerful dream. Yeah. I went, I I immediately went to to Barnes and Nobles, which which was still a thing back then, if they are still now, um, and <laughs> and uh, you know, found a book and was like, oh my. You know, I just I blew my, my I blew my mind for a second time.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you you did preface it. You were saying that um, you know, it's it's maybe changed you, or uh, is, is it just because of your interest a in esoteric? Or how, I how mean, it influenced it, you? It,
3: that's I think it's something that started me down the path of knowing that there's more than just something. our objective realities for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, You know whether you want to be like oh esoteric or not. You know there's you know and or want to take a more scientific look at it. Um, you know I just that was like oh, I mean even more than than an acid trip or anything like that. It was like oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I guess I guess
0: my my when i consult my uh skept, inner skeptic it's it's still no less magical i mean really you know i, I it when someone uses the word supernatural it implies that there's anything above natural right
3: no it's it's so silly and that's that's just the world we live in where we've separated science from Esoterics, basically.
0: But it could just as easily have been that out of the corner of your eye, once you saw Maybe, the uh, cover no, of not, a Lovecraft not, book, I don't
3: deny that at all.
0: But then your subconscious has been like working on it and working on, on it and it. going, "What was that? What that was really just interesting."
3: on that, yeah. And
0: keyed in and was able to tap into other things that were related and then presented it all to you at once mm-hmm. in a way that made you go, "I gotta look into this."
3: yeah yeah no I which is
0: still no less magical to me
3: that's an amazing way to say exactly what I was thinking yeah i i uh,
0: I run into people in um I mean I think that by saying esoteric nerd it kind of helps to clarify that this is sort of a what what used to be called left brain um, you know approach toward esotericism but i I get people from a right brain you know, uh, perspective all the time. you get got frustrated at me that I, that I categorize things or that I oh, want to yeah. explain well, things in scientific terms.
3: I mean, just to give you a ba- a little more background on me too. I just, I like, I take my, um, I take my pursuits seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. You know, nice. um, I, I keep, a I keep a, like, or with everything, and I don't try to take anything as literal all the time. yeah um, and I think that's something that you've gotten across on your your podcast before. What are some of your favorite episodes? Um, I mean, I do love the ones where you talk to um, your your father's old friends and stuff like that. that's yeah. really you know and I mean your father you know sounds like a, a really he was you know really onto to something and um i mean i i love the hermetic hour so i love the poke runyon oh yeah yeah nice um you know i you know i am a little i'm a bit of a psychedelic hipster nerd so i love people (laughs) that have been kicking around for a while you know yeah um all the aquarians i mean geez holy smokes yeah
1: they're cool
0: i'm gonna have a seat
3: back on with enoch soon yeah wow i mean i'm I'm like truly I am humbled to be talking to you right now in a, oh, in, a, it's in a certain okay. sense, yeah, no, totally um we're not worthy
2: <laughs>
3: as as Wayne and Garth would say um but uh, you know that's me just keeping sense of humor with it, you know i i don't i i love to laugh, laughter is the key to life for sure, um, yeah. and not like. You know that's the only reason why we were, we all haven't killed ourselves at this point, yeah. Because we do see the the light in life and the folly of it all. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's... Yeah, no, I mean, and and um, it was also great hearing the past couple episodes where we had the sores from New England. That was great. Uh huh. The um, I can't remember. I'm blanking out on the name. Scarlet note, Magdalene. But... She was the Bostonian, yeah. And then you had a you were talking to Lori. a um, card reader from Burlington, which was really cool to hear. Oh right. Oh yeah yeah. And um, I mean Burlington, I lo- I love Ver- Vermont in general is great. I mean everybody, even if they don't look like it, they're all a hippie at heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean they have Bernie Sanders, you know. That's true
0: yeah they're basically Canada up
3: there <laughs> yeah yeah it's great and i i i um I didn't always appreciate New England growing up, but I do now as an adult
0: they, there's a certain number of folds that has to happen in the brain before certain things become interesting
3: yeah oh yeah yeah I was, I was a bored high school kid that drew too much and <laughs> didn't listen enough. But now here I am, and I I know things, surprisingly enough.
0: I uh my my wife's uncle um is introducing this famous this dog character that's famous in israel well long story short it's becoming an anime i'll just leave it at that oh Uh, wow but i I was just imagining golden stash as a character in a sort of 80s (laughs) style cartoon (laughs) and then wondering what kind of shenanigans he might get into where he lives or
3: one thing i'm firm about is it's golden stash is non-dogmatic i encourage people to come up with their own mythologies about it you know (laughs) like draw your own you know Draw your own conclusions. It's a weird thing that I put up everywhere. So, <laughs> and I, I haven't, I haven't really put out the message yet. You know, besides a, a couple interviews and some artwork, you know, hidden. Yeah. So like, it's not, it's not spelled out for people.
0: He reminds me a little bit of the most interesting man in the world.
3: I'm glad you know who that is because I was looking at your photos of uh, Andrew Davis. De- Pasano. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> one of my students, that's him.
0: One of my yoga students is uh, is in like 15 of those interesting man in the world ads.
3: No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and he's – that guy, I, I think I read something about him quickly. He's a Vermonter. Like, nice.
0: <laughs> he, he had the his – actor. His supposedly his last one where he's going to go to Mars forever. Did you see that one? He he got in a, oh, in a yeah.
3: I don't know if I have.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back, though. I mean, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Great marketing scheme. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, Frada, there was one thing I was dying to ask you, which was, is there any influence um, f- from Goldstein, the uh, – the guy you know the the opposite of Big brother in the novel 1984 oh, population oh. whatsoever you know and in, hidden influence that you might that's think. very
3: good um I haven't read 1984 since like high school or middle school even probably mm-hmm. um I find you know obviously that's like a an amazing an amazing novel and uh, I find a lot of influence from it but I didn't even make that connection
2: interesting just the kind of the way that he's plastered on
3: you just you just dog aired a book for me <laughs> cool
2: <laughs> i i mean i can see some parallels i just wondered maybe maybe if they exist and if they do if you're aware of them but maybe not you know
0: now there's there's one uh there's an image of golden stash and he's holding a lady and it says golden behind him and stash kind of behind her and there's like a olive branch or two olives yeah
1: yeah
3: yeah in a very I sort mean- of
0: old-style Masonics, you know, yeah. back into the dollar bill kind of way.
3: Yeah, I mean, I always took a lot of, like, aesthetic influence from um, just old woodblock printing sort of stuff. And, you know, I mean, you can you can go down the, the wormhole of looking at old alchemic drawings and that sort of stuff, and I do find a lot of influence from that, as, as well as a lot of modern, you know, clip art and, you know, magazines and popular science and diagrams and maps and whatnot.
0: There's another one uh, where you just see his face and there's the G clef and then there's, or the G clef, there's the G in the Masonic symbol and the S on the right. And then, but then there's this frame,
3: this like elaborate frame around him. I'm trying to imagine it, but, um, I mean, I, I've taken a lot of stuff from, um, Kind of uh, Victorian clip yeah, art books. Okay. And stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, had that. Feel. You know, just or ornamentation. I love ornamentation. Yeah. You know, I I actually I used to play glass classical guitar. I don't I don't really practice as much as these days, but I I used to love Baroque music. I used to play Bach, you know, concertos all the time. Um, okay. and I I take a I take a certain influence from that flourish of, uh, you know, meow.
0: Is there anything we can look forward to with Golden Stash? Well, um, Do you have any goals? I guess, I guess, room? I
3: guess one thing that I should, should say is, um, I have been kind of, um, not slacking, but preparing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And really, I mean, as a fine artist, I feel like I'm I'm very at the beginning of the path, you know. Um, just like as, as esoterics go, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm very I'm very uh I'm very at the beginning of my my self awareness and 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 just doing doing the craft the right way the the way I approve and the way I I see it. I'm still, you know, I'm I do something and a month later I hate it sort of, right. but it's um it's getting better, um. I do feel like I'm getting somewhere, and I have been for years now, and this is, this is where I was going with this, is uh, kind of preparing an art book. And that's hmm. something I, I hope to get out, mm, hopefully, by the end of the summer. Um, it's the sort of thing I've been working on for a long time, and I get two pages done and I throw one page out. Um, but I, I have a good body of work now that I haven't shown anybody Um, that graphic I prepared for my Instagram is kind of an enlargement of one that I altered. Uh Um, and yeah, no, I, um, I'm never not working. I might get a little distracted by, um, mundane life here and there, but, uh, I got a lot coming and I think it's, you know, I, I'm hoping I'll have this self-published book ready by the end of the summer and I'll definitely send you one.
0: Nice. Um, now is this going to be anonymous? That's,
3: that's the thing that I feel the best about right now, I guess.
0: Is this going to be anonymous, the Golden Stash stuff, or is this separate stuff? It'll
3: be it'll be a Golden Stash okay. booklet of art. Um, you know, um, I have a lot of work. It, is, it has not, it, The artwork itself doesn't deal necessarily with the iconography of Golden Stash, but it right. is it's my own personal art, and I do attach it to that to that name.
0: Now, my co-host, when uh, when we first were sitting down, he was saying, now, what are we going to call him on the air? And I was like, well, I'm just going to call him Fratter. But that raises an interesting point. Are you Golden Stash?
3: You know, to tell you the truth, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I, I, get, I, get, I get confused all the time. And I think when you can create a uh, a character that is that much, you know, a part of you, you kind of, you do get confused sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know. I just don't know.
0: Well, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll say my uh, my name, BT, uh, is son of Tiferet, which is
3: oh,
1: okay. which is the
0: golden, uh, you know, sphere on the tree of life, the heart of the tree of life, the heart of God. Christ, oh, yeah. No, various, totally. All that. So I'd be a totally arrogant ass if I were to walk around calling myself the son of Tiferet. And yet I do. I call myself. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to call you Golden Stash. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Frater GS Golden Star Frater
3: I mean and I do I have been using that as my magical name in my in my daily practices Is it
0: something we aspire to not necessarily something we are by right, default Right Right yeah and I mean, I'm
3: not yeah. you know I'm I haven't communed with my guardian angel and that sort of thing but this there's another there's another self that I communicate with How's that In my esoteric practices mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't made communication with the HGA, as you right. would
0: say. I, I've never been more confused about all that than I am now, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, was 16, I make
3: communications, but I don't uh, know what they're with.
0: Yeah. I just,
3: I, I don't know what to, you know, when well, I meditate, I get I'm sure if it, I, it's I an MRI medicines.
0: machine if you you know if you look at yourself on an mri machine i'm sure when one of the voices gets going part of your brain lights up i mean it's yeah. but but we identify ourselves if if we identify ourselves with the emotional body in the hypothalamus and with the uh the fear instinct the survival body in the in the those almond shaped things then uh then then anything that comes from the neocortex is going to sound like an archangel with this great wisdom but it's not yes. it's just it's human thought it's a very Sophisticated kind of thought. And and uh, eventually I realized that this whole back and forth was between me, the Lord help me, and me, the okay, here's what you got to do stop worrying about that and let her be. You know, like, uh, and I'm yeah, like,
3: think a, a mediator.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, like not to knock it, and again, not to take away any sacredness from it. But sure, if you have angels living in your head and they're helpful, that's great. I mean, I've run into people who had angels that were telling them to stab their babies, and that's yeah. not. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I can't make a blanket statement that it's good to hear voices. I'm just grateful that I don't. I mean, the whole the whole thing where I go into in and out of different characters, those are my other voices, but they're all me, you know? I mean, I, right. I, I, I pretend that they're different They're people, all the but,
3: inner voice yeah. that you can connect to yourself.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, people sometimes, and it's always been this way. Even my dad, when I was young, would say, I can't believe that you're the same person that five minutes ago I was having this other kind of conversation with. You know, like, I... I uh, So that people hear something come out of my mouth and go, oh my God. You were the same guy that was doing the ceremony the other day, and now you're saying this you know I, and so I've always run into that is you know but it's I mean really ultimately it's it's stereotyping and and it's when people because we make that little image of the other people above and behind our right ear and then when we're imagining hypothetical conversations with them that's who we're communing with and, uh, and and so when they when the person in front of us doesn't match the image of them that we have above and behind the right ear, change the image you know don't, don't <laughs> for me to like match this. And the problem is, you know, a codependent person will will say, Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'll be more like your expectation of what you think I should be based on your stupid surface expectations, you know? Right. And uh and and that's something to, to That be doesn't aware help of. anybody. Yeah. 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 No, no. But it's a step towards something, you know, the a few more folds in the brain and you'll go, you know what, I'm gonna stop doing that. Time and experience and lessons and all that good stuff.
3: And it's a lot of good stuff. I mean, you know if it isn't this life, it'll be another one, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was I was just thinking sorry, it was a random left turn but the 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 mane of a lion and the mustache of the 70s swinger dude. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean the, I I also it. the mustache is kind of like a virility sort of, you know, symbol, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I'm sorry, I kind of quite cut you off there a little oh, bit. Oh, no,
2: no, it was, it was an incomplete thought. It was just uh You should, uh, you should do one for, uh, Movember where he has no mustache.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be weird. Golden stash without the opposite. no
2: no shave November, you know, the one where you shave it off and then, oh, all of a sudden it's bigger, you know. Or like
0: Uh, in support of something rather.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, this might be a little bit weird, Frater, but I was curious, um, to enhance the background on this character, which, which you said you kind of are loose with anyways, but, um... As a mason, is there anything you want to ask me that might oh, help yeah. reflect back on gold? All Six? right, Shit. no, no,
3: totally, um, totally. I mean, one, do you find offense? I guess me being like an outside, not a mason, and like creating this character, and you know, like I, I hope I'm not offending you. bas I mean, it's it's all in good fun, so I I, I think you. Yeah, it doesn't you
2: know. offend me at all.
3: Okay. Oh. Um, I mean, masonry to me, um. It seems like, you know, there's obviously amazing, a lot of stuff in it, but it's kind of, it's a, uh, you know, it's almost Rotarian where you just have, have a lot of spaghetti dinners. And I was a Boy Scout, so I can kind of relate to that. Um,
2: That's a big part of it, actually.
3: <laughs> yeah, a lot of spaghetti dinners. Um,
2: well, what, what I see is there's this kind of um, almost like a cinematic um, conspiracy, not on the negative side, but... This kind of imaginary idea uh, about masons, which is very attractive. It's one of the things that got me into it and I think it yeah' it, no,
3: I'm sure you know there's, there's no reason to spoil
2: it. that you know I think yeah, if you,
3: yeah, if sure. you look
2: at the reality of some of it it can it can actually spoil that a little bit. but I think uh just the surface idea that you know this guy is uh, the ladies' man. And so, of course, he, you know, he's a 33rd degree and all that because, you know, why wouldn't he he's, be?
3: He's very exalted, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah.
2: And I think that's actually, it's, it's pretty funny.
3: Yeah, no, and I I, I I hope I'm making Masons laugh rather than being like, what the fuck is this dude doing? To our tradition.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it would be cool to do one of him in a tuxedo.
3: I, I probably, I probably, I, ooh,
2: ooh. Yeah,
3: consider it done. How, how long have you been a Mason?
2: This year marks 10 years for me.
3: Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So and, what and, is
2: a Master Mason? Uh, well, uh, a Master Mason is a full-fledged member. So if you think of, like, those who are familiar with the Golden Dawn system, for example, if you, you have the idea of a probationer, somebody who, who is interested and you're kind of filling each other out or they're, you're in the process of becoming a member— um, that's kind of how masonry divides it up is since it goes back to the stonemason guilds where you would have a, a master, which is somebody who knows the craft. And then somebody would come to them and say, um, I want to learn this. Well, they're not oh, a master until they actually learn it. So oh. the idea is that when you become a master mason, you're a full mason. You know, hopefully, what it is to know. So that, like a hierophant. Well, that's more um, that's more a past master or a master of the lodge but oh, okay. you're a full member so yeah again so some of that terminology
0: maybe a uh, portal member
2: yeah maybe portal member would be the closest thing you're actually on the path well maybe even just call it a a, a you're on the tree before you weren't even on the tree uh, you weren't technically uh you know okay. uh, outer order member i guess that doesn't really help people that don't no, Golden Dawn. But... Yeah, that's the. i <laughs> was well, just wondering
0: because that's part of uh, Golden Stash's identity is that he's a master mason.
3: So I was just wondering
0: what that means. Ooh,
3: ooh, um. Also, to go back, I mentioned this a while ago. To go back to the Golden Stash numerology and hence stuff. Um, GS, which is on his pendant, uh-huh. uh In in the you know this, the numerology I was using, it equals twenty six. Oh, which cool. Is, uh the number obviously of the you know amount of letters in the english alphabet and then as well as the uh middle pillar and yod he and otto nine and yod he no. yeah and and okay. many other things i'm sure that's something else
2: 26 26 yeah definitely yod he vav which is oh yeah which yeah. is the g in masonry but the g also related to Gimel, the number 3 yeah. so yeah that's really cool that's interesting huh. and twice 13
3: and twice 13 yes
2: what a trip you yeah, often wonder if this is just how the brain works if it's like doing all these calculations in the background and it's like well you said 26 so I'll hear yeah, no, this I... thing you know
0: <laughs> now he's i mean the one thing that that occurred to me is just the interesting like the three things he's rich he's a master mason and he's a swinger
3: so I mean, just the swinger thing I haven't developed as much. I, or he's a I, ladies' know. man. I he's, mean, he's just like a disco-y sort of look. Yeah, he's always it's a got different a, girl know. in each yeah. depiction. And I, and but that's the thing that it I, I don't I don't take a um, dogmatic doctrinal stance right. towards it. And I've had actually a lot of uh, gay friends be like, "Oh, this guy looks like he'd be like a gay dude, actually." Right. And I'm like i I'm, I'm like great. Yeah, whatever you want to make of him
2: yeah huh, so it's not golden, it's never mind
3: uh. <laughs> and And I've made that joke golden showers many a time, don't you?
2: <laughs> no, I was thinking like dirty Sanchez, but I didn't want to go there. Now oh, okay, okay.
0: Now it's too late. But I was just thinking, if it, if someone's a rich kid, like when I imagine a rich blonde kid who likes the ladies, I don't imagine him going to the local Mason Hall and saying, "I want to be a serious well, member." Well, that's
3: just, yeah, right. I mean, that's just the absurdness of it all, I guess. Yeah. I mean, unless there's a family history,
0: unless we're talking about like a different century. I mean, well, like, I mean,
3: I, I, I was, I, and this is something I need to develop, but it was like, you know. He's not the original rich golden stash. Member. His great grandpa's lineage. Is. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If you look at his on uh, his mantle, there's probably like a a version of him for each generation. So there's like a ten type. right? Time. Right? Yeah. Huh. But it might. But people say it's really just him. Like uh, Marie Laveau has a granddaughter that mm-hmm. runs Marie Laveau's house of voodoo, and people say, no, no, that's her. She does a youth spell every. Uh, <laughs>
3: i don't doubt it
0: could be could be could
3: be, could be. <laughs> i've seen weirder things in society
0: is there anything that as a mason um pops into mind as as something you'd want to pass along for the character
2: development this is totally up to you because it's your art um uh, you know Looking at it, I'm kind of visualizing he's in a tuxedo and he's doing some kind of thing with his hands that isn't actually a real Masonic, you know, sign of recognition, but it's it's kind of in the same vein of what he represents. And, you know, I don't know, something weird with his hands where it's like, is that a Masonic thing? You know, I don't oh, know. Oh, right, right. Yeah.
3: Oh, OK. I'll have to go through my book. Bu- well, I mean, I'll oh, no, take
2: it or no. leave it, you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> No, I will I will I will take that up as a as a uh good
2: I think Ben thing Mackey think should
0: about. do like uh you know golden stash going through the thirty two degrees of
3: masonry one at a time. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: know, wouldn't <isn't> it?
3: <laughs> I just don't I just I'm ignorant, so I don't you know.
0: Oh well I I I, I mean I imagine, you know, I know from a Golden Dawn perspective, but you know, there's the the 32 paths of wisdom from the Sefer Yetzira, And then there's the way they're depicted on the the tree of life by Luria, Isaac Luria, Itzhak. And right. then there's uh, the tree of life as depicted by Athanasius Kircher, the German Jesuit, which is the one that that's where more along the, the masonry and uh, Golden Dawn type lines. And so that's where we have the 22 uh, major arcana of the tarot. So if you imagine, for example, Golden Stash, Oh, yeah, that's, that'd be an easy way to tie it into pop culture, is if Golden Stash is pathworking the Tree of Life using the Rider
1: Waite
0: <sighs> And he's interacting with all the characters in the Rider Waite deck.
3: That's actually... That's another thing that I, I need to do at some point is make my own tarot deck, but that oh, yeah. that's... Oh, yeah. Don't we all? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, we, don't we all? I mean... Yeah. yeah. exactly. That's
0: a good esoteric nerd uh, thing to... Aspire to that, and knowing how to play Inoki in chess. I need to work on
3: that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Oh man,
3: it's uh, it's a, it's an honor. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a I, lot I of fun. I
0: look forward to seeing your art. Uh, you know, when I'm in Boston next, I been there, will, I will
3: definitely I will uh, definitely keep you attuned.
0: Awesome. Oh, oh nice and uh, how do how people can find you on Instagram? Right.
3: They, I did, That's my one. That's my one uh, crossover to the world of the internet right now. Yeah, and what's um, your Instagram at? It's Goldenstache, like phonetically golden spelled. Stash. You know, it's not spelled like mustache. It's S T A S H.
0: Sweet, and I'm on Instagram as V H Fratterbt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Great. Uh, sounds good.
3: Cool. Well, uh, good talking to you guys. I uh, I wish you the best. Wish you the best, too.
0: Look forward to seeing, uh, you know, seeing how the the future of this progresses and unfolds.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk again.
0: Yeah, certainly. Cool. Have a good night, brother.
3: You too.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thank
0: you, Golden Stash, for coming on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast tonight. And thank you, Drew, for being co-host on Short Notice. Special thanks to Susumo Oeda and the monks at Jofukuin Temple for this music. Special thanks to Tangerine Dream. To identical twins Camille and Kennerly for the harp intro and outro to the interviews. And most importantly... Thank you to you, the esoteric nerd listening to this podcast. By the authority vested in me by the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge, I hereby dedicate all these working tools to the glory of the Most High and to the service of this Lodge. May all those use these tools correctly, demonstrate the skills of our craft, and exemplify its moral character. Amen. So mote it be. With gratitude to our Master we bend. All glory to the Most High. Brother Chaplain, you will pronounce the benediction. (coughs) Almighty and eternal being, the glorious architect and ruler of the universe, may all that we have said and done here be acceptable in your sight. Give us the skill and perseverance to apply these tools to our morals that brotherly love, relief, and truth may be the hallmarks of our work. To the glory of your name.
1: Good night.